All right. Patrick Amadon on NFP, thank you for joining me. No, thank you for having me, Darren. This is, it's great. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I think we talked last on a Twitter Spaces, um, and I think it was Robness who actually was the one who said, yeah, yeah, you should talk to Patrick Amadon. And I was like, right on, let's do that. So that was a really good discussion. You know, I've been doing that for a while now, so I appreciate you spending the time uh, joining us in that discussion. When was that, about yeah. a month ago? Uh, time flies, right? No, I appreciate that. It's, it's cool of uh, Robness to say that too. So appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So I was noticing, you know, I was looking at your Twitter feed. There's just, there's so much good stuff in there that I was looking at. And one that stood out to me the other day was uh, your little Dungeons and Dragons reference. That you say <laughs> you're, you're firmly chaotic neutral. And I think I was yeah. like, I think I'm more chaotic good. So let's hear it. You know, Patrick, tell us like, tell us about how you uh, fit that alignment. I'm curious to hear this. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> bringing that one up. Um, I just always find myself um you know with art and conceptually and otherwise I, it was just kind of seemed to fit right in the middle um antagonize a lot of people um kind of inadvertently but i'm just kind of saying what comes comes into mind not necessarily trying to antagonize people but at the same time not going out of my way to kind of wag me gm everybody either which is fine too <laughs> but not really not really kind of my vibe um, so I just end up kind of like being centrist about a bunch of different things, a bunch of different subjects, politically, art-wise, otherwise. I just kind of consistently find myself kind of in the middle um, and uh, a firm, uh, kind of a firm believer in kind of uh, doing my own thing. And I think historically, um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the rules around art, a lot of the rules around Twitter and so forth have kind of found a lot of benefit to kind of ignoring and just kind of doing what I think makes the most sense. Um, so I try to go for the, the chaotic part here. Try to try to be <laughs> as unconstrained as possible by mm -hmm. a lot of the uh, ideas, perceptions, and paths that people should be taking. Mm -hmm. Now, is that what kind of drew you into the crypto art scene in the first place? Because that really seems to align well with that way of thinking, at least as it emerged in the earlier days. No, I pre you know, um, had I found it earlier, I think it would have been as good a fit then as it is now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because I love that about the space. I, I love, I love having found so many like-minded people mm -hmm. in the space. I've made more good long-term friends since being in the space than I've made in my entire life. It was kind of like uh, all the people I would like were all kind of scattered, but this seemed to bring a lot of them together. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been that's been really good. Now, what brought me into the space was people. I, I've been making digital art for 10 years. And then uh, I saw people um, sell his piece, um, which the fact that he sold it for so much wasn't the thing it was the fact that he actually just sold digital art it's like wait a right minute. you can sell you digital can art now sell it? <laughs> <laughs> i just been i just been making it because um i like doing it for a long time there wasn't really any avenue so there was it. no commercial element to it prior to that surely zero. you had to wow really yeah okay. no, nothing Interesting. Zero. uh you know i i, I made uh, traditional art so I, I do physical work uh so right. I do a lot of oil work and um you know, when I got on Twitter in 2012, um, you know, I was making oil paintings and they take 
a month, two months, three sure. months to finish because it takes so long to dry. Um, it was realized like, okay, wait, I'm on social media now. People need something more than once every three months. Yeah. I should figure something else out. Like, what if I make a digital version of my physical piece? That would be twice as much content, right? Sure. So I kind of went down the rabbit hole of that. I like always like the glitch aesthetic and then just started glitching physical pieces. Uh-huh. And then uh, it really quickly became that people like the uh, online anyway, people like the, uh, the digital version more than the physical version. Yeah. So then it quickly kind of quickly became like the physical was just kind of the starting point at that point. And was really just about the digital thing, but there was just uh-huh. nothing to do with it. So did a bunch of political pieces. Um, you know, it seemed to play really well um, in that arena uh, and then made a, a lot of uh, kind of glitched uh, versions of, physical pieces are wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so was there a know. strategy to it? Were you like thinking like, hey, you know, these digital works will draw people to my physical art? Was that the thinking or was it just, you know, just a fun Not thing even. to do? <laughs> Not even. I just, I just like doing it. It was, it was yeah. fun to do. I like the aesthetic. Um, but there was, there was just no path for it. There was, there was mm-hmm. nothing you can do with this. Um, so I just, did it and kind of coincidentally a decade later uh i only i was only on twitter too because i hate facebook um so just <laughs> That's, purely, i saw like, you i saw you saying you refused to be on instagram as well yeah so that's interesting yeah. Um, <laughs> which of course is owned by facebook or Meta, they said, whatever. that is the reason um yeah which is like serendipitously you know a decade later all of a sudden people like glitch art mm-hmm. and people are on twitter so I, I, I lucked into that one. That just coincidentally all worked out. Right. But, uh, it was a it was a interesting journey just being on so fringe for so long. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of the current state of Twitter with uh, Elon, with the mass layoffs, people quitting? What do you think? Are we going to get through this, or is Twitter going to collapse? Are we going to all be on like Mastodon or something? <laughs> right. Um, okay. Uh, well, firstly, I feel bad for any family who got laid off. That's that's no fun right before the holiday. So, yeah. Um, that being said, um, now we can dig into like how I actually feel about it. Um, I think Twitter's fine. I think like with everything, it's just such a chaotic fear, blood storm around anything that changes. Oh, it's gonna no, it's not gonna fall apart. Like this guy is a this guy is a very. I mean, I think he is obviously he he lacks a little bit of empathy, but at yep. the same time. He's, he's built some significant companies. He's not uh-huh. buying Twitter for $44 billion just to like run into the ground in three weeks. You right. know, like maybe, uh, maybe you take a bloated legacy media company like that that needed to kind of get back to its, you know, startup roots and be a little more lean and just make some changes. Because I've been on Twitter for a decade. Like, you know how much has changed in a decade? Uh-huh. Strikingly little, right? So... Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it did need to have it has spaces a little bit to be relevant. <laughs> I know spaces is one of the few things. I mean, you know, it took them building communities to get there. Right. So, I mean, like we're, uh, I think, uh, I think I'm interested to see where it goes. And no, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's going to fade at all. I think if anything, it's going to increase in relevance. You know, we talked about making Twitter, you know, kind of, uh, the WeChat of, uh, the Western world, that's a, that's an ambitious goal. Like, I, I think, um, I think we will be fine. So I, I posted something about it. Like, 
you know, it's just a little bit of scary news. Everyone starts screaming and panicking. It, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I think it's interesting, you know, like he he posted a, a vote about reinstating Trump. Now, Trump, as far as I know, has said, no, no, I'm staying on Truth Social because it's so much better, right? You know, that's what... <laughs> but then apparently there was something about a lawsuit about Trump getting reinstated on Twitter, you know, yeah. and they use, use the argument of... Uh, the argument was literally something along the lines of, well, you know, at one point in time, you know, people believed, you know, according to the culture at the time, that uh, the sun revolved around the earth and Galileo spoke the truth and, you know, was like persecuted for it. And he's essentially equating himself to Galileo in, in this legal argument that he was making, which yeah, I thought was yeah. kind of interesting, amusing, let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, he, he likes uh, he likes well done steak with ketchup. I mean, it's not, it's not we're not yeah. talking Galileo here. <laughs> That's the comparison he made or the legal yeah. team made, not necessarily. Yeah, sure, him. sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I like a lot of the, I like a lot of crypto ethos. Like I do, I do believe in free speech. I do believe that there is, there are negative consequences to allowing some of the crazy stuff run unchecked, but mm. it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing to balance. I, I would yeah. maybe even argue that forcing groups of people into the fringes, into kind of the dark side of the web just increases the heat in those communities. You know, yep. when it's just them, I mean, at least if uh, everything's out in the open, we can talk about it and have discourse and dialogue and, you know, kind of uh, nip a lot of these things, I think, in the bud a little bit earlier. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm generally very pro free speech. So if they brought some of those elements out and put them back in kind of the public sphere, you know, we go back to just arguing with each other like normal people instead of stewing in the corner. So. Totally. I agree 100%. I feel like maybe I'm just reiterating what you're saying here. But, you know, if you're going to um, have a healthy um, cultural experience, you need to be able to talk about things openly and not just shut someone out if you think that, you know, what they're saying is, you know, not in your favor. You know, so, yeah, I'm all for it. I think, you know what? Put them back on there, let them talk, and let people talk with each other. Let people argue. And uh, like you said, don't push them into these far recesses of the internet. You know, the other, the one issue I have with it is the way that algorithms tend to encourage discord. Mm-hmm. They tend to encourage angry responses and inflammatory comments, right? Because you get rewarded for it, right? So that's the one area where I'm not sure how you improve that part of it because it is set up to you know, encourage diametric opposition and rarely does it happen. I've had it happen a couple of occasions on Facebook, actually, where mm-hmm. we actually had a discussion about a topic and I came into it and talked about a different point of view. And there were people in the conversation who were like, you know, actually, you make a good point there, you know, and they actually listened. Now, that's very rare. That's, you know, you don't see that very often, but maybe it's just people not wanting to admit it online. I don't know. I think it's better if you can discuss it. A hundred percent. I appreciate you brought that up point. Uh, brought that point up too. Um, so, I think that's a that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I, I will occasionally stumble into some inflammatory things online. You know, the other week I posted that PFPs are not art, mm. um, which I stand behind, mm. and it definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely caused some definitely caused some chaos. What if people um, use art as a PFP? I love it. 
Uh, PFPs, okay. the, 10, the 10K projects. Are just, I know what you're talking about, yes. They're, they're consumer projects. But the yes. point is, is uh, I try to respond to everybody who responds to me, regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not they're agree, disagreeing like mildly or violently. With their, <laughs> so I try to respond to them no matter what. And I think that's I think that's a huge part of the dialogue. So a lot of the people that were ardently against it or upset that I said it, we talked and we don't necessarily have to agree, but I think just the fact that we continue to dialogue after they disagreed, a couple of them we've stayed in touch and now we, you know, engage each other and talk and that's the thing, it's fine to disagree about things. Sure. You know, you just can't you just can't shut people out um, if they disagree with you or block them out. I think that just makes it a lot worse. So I think just open dialogue, open discussion, like just yeah. To me, it's a foundation little... of a free society. Sorry for interrupting, you, but it's foundation. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad we agree because that makes it easier, you know. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but if we disagree, it would be cool. <laughs> you know, though, talking about you yeah. it, with you know getting moving from the traditional art into the digital art into NFTs, you surely must have got some flack from some sectors of the internet when you entered that space, when you entered the NFT space, you know, the people who to this day are like, what? that's the biggest, stupidest idea ever, you know, selling a JPEG or whatever. Like, did you face a lot of uh, resistance over that or oh yeah, what was your definitely. experience? Um, I talked to probably 10 close artist friends about what I was doing in April of last year. Um, Cause in April of last year, that was when I was, I was, firmly in you know mm-hmm. people thing was february i jumped in figured it all out but by april i was nfts or i was, was a hardcore fanboy right so yep. i was trying to tell my other artist friends like hey this this is really cool you should get in now like this is really like something that's going somewhere and i told them why and everything else but no one no one jumped in everyone else kind of you know, from like, uh, it's, I'm going to wait and see how this goes to yep. it's a scam to the environmental issues. I mean, it's always something I think. Yeah. So I got a lot of flack from that. Um, a couple of galleries did not like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's disruptive. You know, that's the thing. I think a lot of people just don't want to see what they've built over the last five, 10, 15, 20 years, either become obsolete or become slightly less relevant right i mean you you've worked really hard to make something work and then all of a sudden something comes along and changes it which is just what happens with technology and progress but at the same time you know if you can kick back in your own little way to slow it down right if it, you just see people doing that all the time i mean so yeah a bunch of a bunch of flack for coming over but i, I obviously wouldn't change a thing about it um yep. it's uh it's amazing. I've, I've, my in traditional art, you know, is kind of hitting hitting a wall here. But then NFTs completely changed my life, and now I'm at a completely different place in the traditional art world as well. I, I mm-hmm. went around a ton of layers uh, because of what I've done here, mm-hmm. um, which has been life changing. Mm-hmm. What's well, is it sustainable? You know, we look at the market now and it's obviously going through a rough phase here with all the FTX fallout. And now there's news about grayscale and, you know, this and that contagion kind of situation, you know, what's going to happen, you think, with this NFT market? That's really a small niche of that, but it's extremely um, prone to the volatility that's 
you know, in the larger space. What do you think? Yeah. Um, well, I think that, you know, I think we are from like a dollar standpoint, very subject to the whims in front of the macro that we have no control mm-hmm. over. Yep. I think that digital art is here. Um, I think that we have so many, there's so many good use cases for digital art. It's so much easier to collect, so much easier to transact. It's a superior ecosystem for a collector to the traditional art market, yep. right? It's just a matter of the profile of digital art, which I think is really coming around. I know there's a lot of people interested in looking at it, whether that's digital art with ETH at 500 or whether that's digital art at ETH at 2,500 is, you know, unrelated to the art itself. I think there's something real about that that will continue. Uh-huh. So I'm not worried about that. I, I think it'll just continually get harder and harder for artists, but you know, that's always, that's always, that's always been the case. There are, uh-huh. you know, there are millions of artists and there are only so many collectors and, you know, while the NFT space has opened up um, collecting to so many more people, which is one of the really interesting things about it, right? I mean, it's made art collecting accessible. You have regular people collecting art. It's not this highbrow, elite, ultra-wealthy right. privilege. Now anyone can be an art collector. So we've seen that a lot, Yeah. along with a couple of, I just, like with everything, the longer something's been around, the longer it's cool, the more competitive it gets. So I think it'll just, by nature, get harder just through sheer mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think there's, um, you know, digital artists and artists in general have a, have an avenue and have a, a path that they didn't have before. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I just say the sooner the better, especially, especially right now, you know, mm-hmm. I think people, I think people that are creating things right now, engaging on Twitter, being a part of the community right now um, will have such a huge advantage over those that come back when the market gets good and yep. there's already a couple million people here at yep. that point i feel like you may as well be trying to break into the traditional art market you know it is pretty uh, much it will be a yep. rocky road for you so yeah also yep. the people that were here and left I feel mm-hmm. like, <laughs> oh you're back hey welcome so back. nice yeah. of you to show up <laughs> yeah uh, totally yeah you know, um, most of your most prominent digital artwork is on Super Rare, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think of their, their strategy over the last, I'd say, year or so of kind of, you know, decentralization of the curation process? What are your thoughts on that? Um, so, I mean, uh, on both sides, right? Uh-huh. Um, I am a firm believer that decentralization is is the way we all need to go with this, uh-huh. you know, I really, I have a ton of respect for super rare. I think they've been one of the leaders in the space in terms of protecting artist royalties, artist rights, uh, just having kind of a positive ethos and outlook and sharing that with everybody, you know, plus credit for them being, you know, a one-of-one marketplace and, you know, helping yep. really legitimize digital art. That being said, um, I don't know if they're under pressure by their VC backers or what. I do feel mm. like they're pers- they're pursuing scale, yep, with a little bit more uh, abandon than they probably should be. You know, the whole point is that we have an elite platform, so collectors know, hey, you're on super rare. This is yep. the most tightly curated of all the different spaces. 
Yeah. But I don't know if they need volume or growth or what, but I feel like they're onboarding too many people. So now it's become, whereas it used to be, you know, if you're on super, that's fantastic, but foundation makers place, no origin, we're all valid other options. If you just had sure. super yet. Now I feel like I've onboarded so many people with super, it's kind of a have or have not, mm-hmm. um, you know, like if you're not a super, why aren't you in super? They have so many now, which I feel like is maybe, <laughs> you know, life is like that, right? You do something good that something bad coincidentally comes out of it. So now I feel like they've created kind of half, half not with who's on super and who's not. So I feel like if you're not, you're really hurt by their onboarding yep. process now. And if you are, you're kind of washed, you know, it's, it's, it's a little, a little um, washed, watered down in a sense. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd like to see, I get it. Like everyone's trying to pursue scale and volume because, you know, their companies, they need to grow. Yeah. The perils of taking VC money, right? They want to see a return. They want to see growth. But, you know, I, I, I'd ultimately like to just see um, more of a gallery model in our space where you mm-hmm. just have lots of independent platforms. Yeah. With tight curation niches, whether that's, you know, whether you're doing Twitch, whether you're doing like, you know, neo-precisionism, whether you're doing abstract work, just, mm-hmm. you know, smaller groups that are known for specific things, but are able to attract some of the better artists to go over there and mint and just spread it out a little bit. Because I, I just don't mm-hmm. think the path to clarity is through scale. And I think mm-hmm. spaces was a good idea. I like the super spaces a lot, but I think it got yeah. really muddied because they didn't separate the spaces from super rare, right? Mm-hmm. It's everyone is now on super, but it's like, are you in super rare or are you in a space or in the main contract or in a space? There's no like, wait, you're the monogramma space. Wait, you're the mocha space. Wait, like, I think they should. I mean, I guess that. it is a way for the collector to still see the curation path, right? Like they can see, like for myself, for example, I am on super rare via mocha. So yeah. if a person were to look at my work on super rare, they could see, Oh, Mocha curated this person onto the platform. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that part of it. Which is, think? I think, I think it's muddied the waters a lot. That's the thing. Now there's just so many people and nobody knows. Yes. Are you a spaces artist? Are you a main contract artist? Where you're <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's probably 10, no, 20, 10, 20 times the artist. So I wish they went by like a, a powered by super. So Mocha, was just mocha uh-huh. and their space was just right. you know powered by the contract you know mm-hmm. as opposed i see to, what you're saying but let, let them carve out their own niche let them carve out their own brand identity you know as as a gallery or as a platform you know right just super just supports them on the back end as a marketplace with you know technical expertise right so, i don't know i'm just hypothesizing but, here but i'm looking yeah. at some of these larger nft platforms and the volumes they're experiencing in recent Brutal. months, um, it's not sustainable, honestly. No. You it's, know, it's, so well, it's like we're rare pass, right? I mean, that's that that's the thing. Yes, no. I, yeah, educate I, me I, on that. I I don't know a lot about it. I saw you talking about it a little bit. Yeah. So uh, basically, super. I had a thing. You're gonna have twelve artists, kind of one piece a month. It sounds like they're gonna do an edition of two hundred fifty. Oh. Um, right. Which and is then, unusual for super rare. I mean, right. There are one of one platform. It's a one of one platform. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you get a pass. Okay. This month is Colby. Next month is X copy. Next month is Sarah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, initially they were just going to take the money and 
you know, give the artist a pass instead of like anything up front, which, you know, whatever. I just think the, uh, and there's a gambling element too. You might win a one of one from another pool of artists. So it's kind um, of a nifty gateway type vibe to it. It kind of an NFT space in general type vibe, right? It was kind of like, okay, yeah, let's, yeah. let's throw some, let's throw some gambling in there. Let's gamify throw some it. Gamify it. Exactly. Like it didn't feel very, uh, it felt very short term. It didn't feel yeah. like a long term where a one of one platform was lean into this. You know, mm-hmm. I know like Christie Sotheby's took a couple hundred years to build out their prestige and infrastructure. So I know sure. they're just trying to like do this quickly, but that's what it feels like. It feels like they're just trying to like push things too fast right now. And mm-hmm. sometimes these things just take a little bit to consolidate. I'm worried it's gonna hurt a little bit long term, but at the same time, I think they have a very positive overall effect on the space mm-hmm. and so if they need cash and this is feels like some form of capital raise you know i wish them all the best with it right and they did i think they did pretty well too like i just want to see them continue to exist so if they need to do something that's a little bit weird and kind of counter to what they probably should be doing to make some money right now so they can survive like see that's my thinking i'm thinking like, like this is a wait this is a way for them to sustain some kind of level of volume in a space where the volume has diminished like massively. Yeah. So I, a little bit of a devil's bargain, but you know, I, I, I can take it. Like I'm, I'm okay with it. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you look at say platforms that are a little bit smaller, like say known origin or maker's place, I haven't checked their volumes lately, but I'm pretty sure it's probably quite low. Yeah. I can't, I like can't to the imagine. point where it's like, can you even staff this? And I'm not saying that about those particular platforms because I haven't looked into the numbers, but you do wonder, like, is there a point where they go, okay, we can't keep this going? I mean, I know in Known Origins case, I think eBay bought them, so they're going to be okay. (laughs) Right. Right. But I don't know. I wonder, like, we really haven't seen that kind of fallout yet. We haven't seen, like, we've seen a lot of stuff collapse over the last few months, but we haven't seen... Uh, one of the more prominent NFT platforms say, okay, that's it. We're shuttering the doors. But I, I wonder if that's very far off. Yeah. Um, I'd be worried about Maker's Place, I guess. Um, yeah. But you said, like, New Origins, eBay back. They just, I feel like they just want to be able to turn on the faucet quickly when, you know, the enthusiasm comes back, I feel like, mm-hmm. six months to three years, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it on, you know, I, of course I'm on Twitter a lot too. And you see people saying things like, Oh, I'm looking to buy NFTs, you know, and it always kind of gives you that feeling of like, Oh, are things coming back? Or is this just another insincere, you know, how many of these, uh, <laughs> DM for promotion type people are liking your work or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's hard to read the, the state of the market with those kinds of posts. You know, uh, I find it's, there's more and more of that kind of behavior I'm finding. I don't know what you think of that Twitter behavior, but I've seen a lot more of the uh, DM me for promotion type people on there. You know, they've got a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. There's some unrelated field there. They're writing in their Twitter handle and then it ends with DM for promo. You know, there's a lot of that now. Yeah. We'll we'll see how, we'll see how it all, how it plays out. You know, yeah. um, I think it's all. I think it's all very healthy, though, for art and for uh-huh. the ecosystem in general, though. Right? I feel like the immediate, the cash grab isn't quite as lucrative anymore. Right. 
Um, so not only I feel like you see a lot less just scammy projects rolling out, um, I feel like you also see a lot less art as a product, right? Mm -hmm. Just a lot of people creating work that they think will then sell, mm -hmm. right? So it's a, I think it's going to be a, a big, a big reckoning mm -hmm. over this, over this winter and so forth. I think people are going to realize that the sales cycle has slowed down tremendously. And I hope that, uh, I hope that we'll be able to focus more on, uh, the content of the art a lot mm -hmm. more and just take a little more time with it. And it won't feel like such a cash grab, like you get 60 seconds to throw it everyone in your shopping cart and get out the store type deal. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the old game show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, cause I think we do need to, I think we do need to just pause and I think we do need to incorporate more art writers, more art critics, and just more people talking about, the content of the art, much less so about the subject matter and the price. Right. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a big part of, I think, kind of bridging the crypto art movement um, with the contemporary art space, because everybody's interested. Like it's not, there, there is no lack of interest. There is no lack of relevance, um, mm -hmm. but there's a lot, there's a huge lack of contextualization. Um, there isn't a whole lot out there to tell people outside of our space what different things are, why different things are important, the themes people are dealing with, kind of what they're talking about, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, other than price signaling, which is a terrible, terrible metric for really anything. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, again, I think it's healthy. I think, you know, like, you know, I, I, I've, I've been at digital art at zero for 80% of my, you know, art career. So, so you're still way yeah. ahead. Yeah, I'm way ahead no matter what. So we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> What's 10,000% of zero? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, now this next word I'm going to use might trigger you. Okay, I'm just a yeah. trigger warning, Patrick. Don't <clears throat> you can say, don't say you... digital. <laughs> no, no. Oh, you were close. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned 10K PFPs before. So yeah. the word is utility. Yeah. <laughs> Share your thoughts. Uh, uh, well, I think like, uh, that's good. That, that would be the other triggering word, by the way. So well done. You did your research, sir. Yeah. yeah. You, you almost got me with fidgetal, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's so much conflation in the space. You yeah. know? Um, not, uh, yes, everything is an NFT, but there are so many different types and use cases and iterations of NFTs. Mm -hmm. saying nft is just is confusing and you know lumps everything together like i think that there are fantastic use cases for utility sure for certain nfts right mm -hmm. and i think that's going to be a huge driver of adoption and so forth i think that when you look at art and people are trying to add utility to it you see music and people are trying to add utility to it um i think it always comes across and I've, I've yet to see an example where that hasn't come across this way. So it always feels like a uh, like QVC mm -hmm. where it's like, here's my art piece, but if you buy it right now, <laughs> I'm going to throw in a second one for the same price. Like, Only $19.99. Yeah. So it, it always feels like it. It always just feels like this tacked on cheesy like edition that yeah. has no real relevance. 
but wait, if you buy it now. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's just, it, and it's like, uh, and that's the thing, right? It's like, it's because we're all talking about subject matter. We're not talking about content. Uh-huh. You show me utility that actually supports the content, the theme, the reason, the purpose of actually creating this. Yep. And, you know, I'll listen, but I feel like, you know, everything I've seen with utility so far is just like some sales gimmick. Yeah. Um, I feel a little worse for Web3 musicians, though, too, because for whatever reason, I feel like Web3 musicians feel, I think it's because they're, they're more tighter, tightly tied to kind of the previous world where that's how you make a music career start. Sure. I just feel bad every time it's like, okay, buy my music and then you get early access to the following drops and then you get tickets to come see me live and then I'll give you a blah, blah. It's just always like it, a You're right though, it does make sense in the music things. context. It does make yeah. sense in the music context. Sorry for talking over you there. Yeah, um, I just want to see people focus on art as art, whether it's music, whether yeah. it's art. Like, here's the art. End of the story. Like, this is this is it. Like, you know, the utility is the fact that you can listen or look at this thing, mm-hmm. and own it, whatever it is. Just like the qualities of collecting, the the add-ons. Like, no, I, I don't. I don't like utilities. I think burn mechanisms and all of these things can be fun. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I wonder how much how much all these like fun things will how they'll look um, twenty years from now when I think people mm-hmm. are way past the hype mm-hmm. and are just looking back at this period from like a very sober perspective of okay, let's categorize and contextualize everything that happened, like mm-hmm. what was important, what wasn't important, who was like doing cheesy stuff, who was you know working on actual like art, so. Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I think a lot, I think a lot of these things will diverge over time and, um, well, it'll be interesting to see kind of how the perceptions, cause I know that the hierarchy of artists and musicians will change tremendously Sure. over the next five, 10, 25 years. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. there'll be tons of people you barely heard of that are considered some of the finest artists that come out of the space. And I'm sure, conversely, some of the artists that are the best known in the space will be kind of relegated to Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Do, what do you think? I mean, when I think about the origins of the utility argument, it does bring me back to when people first started saying, why would you buy a JPEG, right? Yeah. Uh, I can just get it for free. And so then there were people who were saying, no, no, it's art for art's sake. But I think what emerged over that was, Oh, but wait, it's not just a JPEG because see, it has these use cases. You know what I mean? And so I think there was maybe an authenticity to it in the beginning. I think so. I think, I think, uh, I think everybody wants to see it succeed. I think everybody wants mm-hmm. to do this. And I know that a lot of people to a large degree always kind of feel insecure, even they, though they really shouldn't, mm-hmm. right? You know, I know a lot of people feel imposter syndrome. I know a lot of people, so maybe it's, maybe it's kind of the same, it's come from the same place with art, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, just an unwillingness to just, or I guess just not feeling like what you created was good enough and then having to add mm-hmm. things to it. And it, it usually always is, right? That's the thing. Like it usually always is good. Enough. Just your art is great. Just stay, just stick with it. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to add anything else. Yeah. You know? Well, it's the so, eternal argument, right? Like, you know, you have the argument of, oh, well, I could have made that in five minutes. It's like, yeah, but you didn't, you know, or, yeah, you know, um, you know, people who look at 
somebody say like Picasso's work and say, oh, like, why is that valuable? You know, that's it's simplistic and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, but you're missing the point. Right. Or even the banana duct tape to the wall. Right. You know, right. You know, it. It, I kind of feel like it kind of ties back to the same thing where it's like, okay, you're not recognizing the value of the art itself. And therefore you're adding something to it to go, Hey, see, here's the value, right? Is this utility that we're adding to it? Cause the art in and of itself, well, maybe it isn't worth anything, right? Is kind of the feeling you get from that argument. Right. And so we're going to add this other thing in there, package it with a utility that gives it this so-called legitimate value. I think you nailed it. I think I think you I think you absolutely know that right there. I think that in packaging utility with art, you as the creator are almost admitting like if you don't feel like it's good enough. And uh, I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's a good look. And I think if people actually tease out, well, why did they feel like they needed to add utility? Mm -hmm. You know, the last thing you want is an off, you know, an unconfident artist. <laughs> Here's something. <laughs> Is it good? I don't know. I mean, you're the artist. Like, this is your thing. Like, if one person should be confident about it, it's you, right? So. Yep. Yeah, um, no, it's it's an interesting topic. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, for example, I just worked on a, a collection that I did with someone who is going to use, be using my art in a project, uh, and they just love the art. And so they wanted yeah. to use the art as a part of it. Now, the utility isn't dependent on the art. Uh but it's definitely there. Like it's in, it's integrated in a sense. Um, so I don't know. What do you think of that? Where people are just, you know, it's a token that will have utilities. Um, but this person who commissioned me to do this work just wanted my art to be a part of it because she loved the art. Fantastic. Like, so I think, uh, again, like, you know, we conflate NFT. I think we also conflate utility, right? Right. If there's, if there's utility that conceptually makes sense for whatever it is, mm -hmm. cool. I have zero issues with that. I think that's fantastic. And there's a lot of stuff we can do with smart contracts that we couldn't do with other things before. Sure. Right. Yeah. So yeah, no. By all means, explore that. My the, the utility that I have to criticize is purely the added on. You know, but wait, there's more. Yes. So as long as it doesn't feel, but wait, there's more. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, you. I think yeah, yeah, run with it, right? So. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I think of somebody like, um, you know, the artist threesomes he has those uh -huh. little baseball cards, you know, yeah. I just love the, how he plays with utility and trading and, you know, goes back and actually physically changes his work, you know, and how he plays with all those elements. And yeah, there's definitely utility elements to it, but he does it in an artful way. Even the utility itself is, is used yeah. artistically. Well, I think that's 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 I think that's a good example of like uh, utility meshing conceptually with yes. the piece, right? Yep. It's baseball cards trading, like I, like yeah, it all makes sense to me, right? Yeah, right. It's, it's not. And, but yeah, it, it's where it's the cheesy but, tack on that's like okay, you're not actually getting anything valuable from this except the utility. <laughs> yeah. Right. In which case, why is there this art with this, right? So or, you know. A product a visual product of some sort that's interesting i think we're all exploring this right now you know it, yes. it is new it's different so you know it's interesting to see everyone exploring all of our options now and kind of building on what other people have built before mm -hmm. yeah now you actually have some work coming out on super rare right away 
I do. Like it's a piece called Impermanence is one of them. I think it's a series of seven you've got coming up. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Um, yeah. So this is this piece has been a long time in the making. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, you can see the physical on the wall behind me there. Oh, right on. Okay. That one. Um, I did not realize that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I think a uh, concept of, you know, permanence and immutability is interesting in our space. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've burned the physical, I've burned multiple versions of the NFT and the, uh, the, the final, the final iteration. Um, I wanted to do seven. Um, I haven't done this before. I've only done one of once. Um, but I want to do a very limited series. Okay. You know, they'll all be very similar, mostly just different colors and so forth. But I want mm -hmm. to do a limited series um, to kind of feature the different permutations of um, this final this final burned image. Um, and just make it a little more accessible, too. I mean, it's, it's the winter, right? Yep. yep. You, know, you know, I feel like uh, fortunate enough to, like, have a decent price on my one of ones. Um, yep. but it, I also don't like that most people can't collect it because there's been some really supportive people in the space that, you know, I know would like to, but just haven't been able to because of where it's at and yep. I get stuck there. So it's a, it's a tricky spot to be as an artist. So, I'm so uh, the impression that. I'm getting from you is you're creating a piece. That's then a series of variants of that piece. Would that be accurate? Exactly. Uh -huh. okay. Exactly. So it's going to be seven so, variants. Seven variants. Mm -hmm. And then, so how many pieces will there be in total then? Just, the, just seven the seven variants. It's the seven variants. Okay, I see. Mm -hmm. So it's seven variants of a single piece. Exactly. Interesting. Okay, okay. And when is that uh, being released? Uh, I'm going to do it on Monday. Oh, right on. Monday, that yeah. is November 21st. Is that accurate? Uh, I'm going to go with you on this. <laughs> I got my little calendar here. Yeah, November 21st. 21st, yeah. Right on. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time here to talk with me about uh, just some of the interesting topics going on in this space. I'm thinking, though, you know, maybe it's time to make a Mastodon account. I don't know. Have you got a right? Mastodon I did a, social I did, account? I did Farcaster. Which one? Farcaster. Farcaster. Farcaster, but uh, you know what? A second. I've I never even heard of that. I'm gonna hop on. Uh, I'm gonna hop on Mastodon. I've heard Mastodon's kind of like the the biggest one outside of Twitter, but okay, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like you just I, gotta make sure. sure you can go get your decline. Yeah, exactly. I gotta claim yeah. my tag. <laughs> yeah, because once you get known, people people swipe these things. Just, they do. And they're like, I'll sell it to you. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, might be fun to try. I don't know. I don't think Mastodon has like a spaces equivalent, though. That's the one big thing that I really do like about Twitter. I love Twitter. That's packaged I, I, I in think, there with I it. I think Twitter will be all right. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to add another social channel. That's yeah. It's such a pain in the ass. I feel like, like <laughs> get the get the emergency sheet prepared at least, right? You know? Yeah, right, right, exactly. Like at least claim your space there. Yeah, you have to go yeah. start over as decline. Don't start over as decline thirty-seven. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Three zero one seven eight nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. <laughs>
Smart. Okay, I'll take that advice. Right on. Well, hey, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time away from your kids. It was fun to hear the um, Metal Gear Solid uh, little bree in the background. I, I, I'm guessing that wasn't actually Metal Gear Solid, but that's where I remember it from. Uh, uh, might as well be, yeah. <laughs> that was a great game. Anyway, I uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. No, it's such a pleasure, Darren. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. And uh, yeah, I love, love getting into the weeds with you about some interesting topics. So yeah, right on. thank you. Thanks very much. Right on. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Adios.